In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am thrilled to have my guest, Monica Tanner, on the podcast today. Monica isn't your typical relationship coach. As CEO of Secrets of Happily Ever After, she's turning everyday couples into power couples by ditching resentment and roommate syndrome so they can write their happily ever after love story. Her journey started as a kid when her parents divorced, lighting a fire in her to figure out the magic behind lasting and joyful love. With a degree from the University of Texas, over 20 years of marital bliss and four kids, she has real life lessons to share. On her hit podcast, Secrets of Happily Ever After, Monica is aiming to lower the divorce rate and raise the level of marital satisfaction because life is so much sweeter in a passionate marriage. Amen to that. And it's catching on over with over 12,000 Instagram followers, 120,000 plus podcast downloads, and thousands of students. Monica is using her platform to make the world a more intimate and fulfilling place. She's been featured in cool places like Authority Magazine and Yahoo Live and local TV stations like Idaho News Channel 6. Monica is showing us all that happily ever after isn't just for princesses, it's for real people and real relationships. I love it. Monica, welcome to Doing Good. Thank you. It's so fun to be here with you. I love reading people's bios. I hate it when people read mine. I love reading other people so much because it's like, Look at all this amazing life experience that you have. Look at all of these incredible qualifications you have to teach us how to have better, happy, more fulfilling relationships. So I want to know, first of all, why you use the phrase happily ever after, because it can be such a cliche in marriage. So why did you specifically choose that phrase to coin? It is such a cliche, but as kind of a hopeless romantic I grew up just loving all of the Disney princess shows and just, you know, I used to twirl around the house like Belle and flip my hair in the pool like Ariel. And I just wanted to be a princess so bad, right? And when I was 12, my parents announced that they were getting a divorce. And my like magical princess life up to that point was like, wait a second, this is not how fairy tales end, right? And so I think that I went into kind of my young adult years where I was like looking for, you know, somebody to marry, think just a little skeptical about the whole thing. My parents had divorced, my grandparents had divorced, most of my friends' parents were either divorced or extremely unhappy. And so I just was a little skeptical, like maybe happily ever after doesn't really happen for real people in real life. And I... I'm on a mission to show that that's not true and really to not only exemplify to my children, but also anyone who is willing to listen that happily ever after is you get to write your own story. And what's so cool about marriage And one of my pet projects is interviewing couples who have been married for over 50 years and would still describe themselves as happy. So I have tons of these interviews under my belt and I learn from them and I love to extract the secrets and like, what have they learned about marriage? But one of the things that I've really learned from these couples is that your real life love story is more beautiful than any Hollywood screenwriter or could ever come up with on their own with highs and lows and challenges to overcome and 
all of the things, you really can live happily ever after, but you have to choose it every single day. And there are some really, you know, important things to learn from these kind of masters of relationships, as John Gottman would call it. And so I've kind of made my whole life about learning how do we really turn life's challenges and something like marriage into the opportunity to live happily ever after. I love the dream of that so much that there is a reality of happily ever after in a marriage. And and like you said, that it's better than a pretend romantic novel or or you know, movie that you watch. It's better. And and I love what you said that it is a choice. It's a choice you make and a choice you have to keep making. So with so many different people and so many different variables and personalities, it seems like there's not necessarily a one size fits all. Like for one relationship that you might think, okay, this this is how this would work out for you. It might look totally different. Do you feel like that's true? Or do you feel like overall there's overarching tools or guiding principles that is like, okay, but here's mostly what will work and then fit in your personality and quirks as needed. Yeah. Well, that's what's so cool is because no two relationship stories are ever the same, right? Just as no two people are you know, the same walking around on the planet. No two love stories are the same either. Yeah. So that is just so, so cool. But yes, I do feel like their relationship is a skill set. So it's not something that you're like either born with or not born with. It's it's something that you develop being good at being in a relationship. It's like as you develop yourself and yeah grow stronger and gain skills. So just like developing any other part of yourself, if you want to be good at sports, you've got to put in the practice and the effort. You want to learn the skill sets. And it's the same with relationships. If you want to be really good at relationships, you've got to learn what makes them work, the the different skill sets that are going to make you good at it. And you have to practice it and you have to start. Here's, Here's the amazing thing is you won't be good at it when you start. You have to be willing to be mediocre okay like show up imperfectly and like stumble through until you start to get really good at things like communication and connection and intimacy and all of those things so it's not just like a given and there's not people that are just born with it you've got to intentionally choose to develop those skill sets well and that's hopeful for people that maybe feel like i wasn't i've I've heard this phrase, he was like, well, I wasn't meant to be in a monogamous relationship. Like my personality, like I'm not meant to do this because I just have a free spirit and I can't be tied down. And it's really (laughs) helpful to know though, that it's like, no, you can work on things and you can develop those skill sets. And it's not this, oh, well, I just wasn't born that way. It's like, no, we are all meant to be together and to have a, a life witness to our lives, I think, and a life partner. And it is possible, even if you feel like, wow, it was really hard for me to stay faithful to girlfriends and boyfriends when I was, you know, growing up. It's like, no, you can have the right skills to develop that. I have sweet nieces and nephews right now that are, some of them are just barely newlyweds and some of them are are almost getting married and some of them are really wanting to get married. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've heard that like, well, you know, maybe this is just isn't right or I don't know what I'm doing wrong or maybe I just haven't found the right one yet. So what advice would you give first of all, young couples starting out, either just starting out on their marriage journey or trying to seek the one to start a life with? How how do you know if their skills are up to par to have a lasting relationship? 
Yeah. So this is such a, a funny question that I get all the time. But I, I always say in order to find the one, be the one, right? And I so love it. Yes. Such a unique season of life when you're single and you know, and the I think the most important thing you can focus on when you're single is yourself. And I know that sounds like maybe a little off, but it, when you develop your own skill sets, your own talents, your own sense of self, right? Recognize your worth, realize that you are so important in God's plan, right? And 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 figure out what your talents are, what your what your interests are, your proclivities, your all of those things, your opinions, like get opinionated. Like that's one thing I always say is because when you're working, you know, together with somebody else, they're going to have different opinions. And so make sure that you, you know, are sound in what, who you are and what you believe in and the things that are important to you, because you're, you're going to get into a partnership, like become the person you are looking for. Right. Yeah. And then you'll, you know, that person's going to be attracted to you. You'll, you'll find, and, and, and when you're in love, you know, all the chemicals in your brain are all messed up. And you're not, there's going to be nothing wrong with this person that you're like courting, right? Yes. <laughs> you're going to be the perfect human. Yep. And so for a little while, you're this going to be this bliss and this person can do no wrong. And it's amazing. You're meant to be together. And here you go. Let's start a life together. And what happens is really soon after the wedding day, you're yep. going to realize that this perfect, person that can do no possible wrong is actually human and they've got annoying habits and you know weird quirks and they're they've got limitations just like everybody else on the planet and you're going to be like oh okay now i have to build a life with not the perfect human specimen but an actual flawed individual <laughs> yes so it's going to be important then that you've developed your sense of self because what i've found is so important in in relationships. And this is, you know, a big word that relationship experts use is called differentiation, which is having a strong understanding foundation in yourself, having a strong sense of self while also being close to another really important person. And so that's why when you're single, just focus on who you are, who you want to be, what's important to you, because you're going to have the opportunity to have somebody else's input and you want to make sure that you don't, you know, fall under them or overpower them or anything like that. You just want to be really secure in who you are. Oh, that's such good advice. And it is tricky. I've been married for 17 years. It'll be 18 this December. And having a voice and my opinions heard I didn't realize how important it would be in, in marriage and feeling yeah. like you can hear me and understand me and you value what I have to say instead of, well, that's stupid. Like this yeah. is the better way, even if he's right, even if it is the better way, you know, <laughs> even if he's like, this is a bad choice, but he's still willing to talk through why you think this is better. Talk through why, why you think that this would be better for our family or our children or, you know, whatever it is was so important to me. And when I was dating my husband, Sometimes like my parents would say, he's, you know, he's strong-willed or he's stubborn or he's really opinionated. But I loved that he didn't let me walk over him and he didn't walk over me. Like he valued my opinion, but also wasn't afraid to speak up himself and say, here's why I disagree. He comes from, mm -hmm. a, he's a politician's son. And so my, he's very good at arguing and debating and, and that's, but he Wait, also, is his mom? His mom's a politician, right? 
His dad, my Governor Gary Herbert. So his what? dad was Governor Herbert. I worked for them. Oh my gosh, this is a crazy connection. Really? No way. I worked at the daycare in Orem. You worked with Jeanette? No, yes. wait, she has a connection. Yeah. So I was, when I very first married my husband and he was still at school at BYU, yes. I yes. was the director of that daycare for like two years. Were you Casey's Kids Care or Kids Connection? Mm, Kids Casey. Connection is more familiar. Yes, Kids Connection was was the daycare. And then she opened up a Casey's Kids Care, which was an hourly drop-off location, like by where Catamaria yeah, Boat is. Okay, Kids Connection. Kids Connection, yes. No way. You were the director. Okay, this is wild. So you know, uh, he comes from an amazing family. Like my yes. mother-in-law and father-in-law are incredible. And and they're very like level-headed, grounded, like amazing people. But sometimes I would get frustrated because I'm like, you are too good at arguing. Like, I just want you to <laughs> listen to me. Like, yes, I think you're right, whatever. And and you're you're making your point. But I appreciated that he would still listen to me and let me have my opinions and my advice. And, and sweet Gary and Jeanette too. Like when I talk to him about things, he's like, you are like one of the only in-laws that will start a debate with my dad. <laughs> and you can like hold your own and talk to him because I feel like I love listening to other people and talking to them. I love finding out like, what do you really think about this? It's okay. And it's okay if you disagree with me. So how do you feel like in relationships, how do we do that in a healthy way of like, I'm going to have my opinion and you're going to have yours, but then how do you compromise if you're both like, okay, but I feel really strongly about this. Cause there's some things as we found out like home birth or vaccine, like there's some things that you can't compromise on. It's like, it's either you have it at home or the hospital. Like there's, there's no compromise there and we're polar opposites. So sometimes it's hard to be like, Ooh, which opinion then how do you find out who wins? Oh my gosh, I, I, we could literally talk about this for the rest of the day. This is like <laughs> my, one of my very favorite things to talk about. But one of the coolest things about getting married is that, you know, here's another cliche, right? Two heads are better than one. So like as a human, we only have our own experiences to draw from. We're pretty short-sighted as people, okay? So like we, we, we're born, we have our experiences, our opinions, our whatever we, we think, and that's all we have to draw from if we're only talking about ourselves. But then we yeah. get married and we do find out a lot of us that we've married our polar opposite, right? I definitely married my polar opposite in like every way. And sometimes it's super frustrating, but I also realized that it adds so much perspective yeah. to my viewpoints because I can only see things from where I'm standing. So if you think about a tree, no two people can see a tree from the exact same angle. So yeah. it's like I can only see the part that I can see until you add somebody else into the equation who's had different experiences, has different opinions and different viewpoints. And then they can add to that perspective. So the way, and I actually hate the word compromise too. It's like one of the like my no-no words. I'm like, oh, interesting. Don't ever compromise, right? What I like to use is the word collaborate because now you've got your perspective and your partner's perspective. And the best way to get the best of both worlds is to get really curious. My favorite word is curious. And my favorite equation for really collaborating and creating a great solution to anything 
or, or to solve conflict is to get really curious and add that to vulnerability. And then you're going to create a better way. So another way to think about this too is when you're just compromising, you've got a spectrum. You've got your way and you've got his way. Yeah. And it's just, it's like a line, right? And so if you're so focused on compromising, then you're either, you're going to be somewhere on that plane between your way and his way. Like you've got to give a little, he's got to give a little, you're still on this line, right? Of And still frustrating. Yeah. Right. Where you fall on this line of, of whatever. And so what happens when you collaborate, when you get really curious, like what's the most important thing to you? What is your core value around this thing that we're trying to decide, say, where to have the baby, right? Home birth or hospital birth. Like what are your core values around it? And then get really curious about your partner. What are their core values? What are their fears around this? Like what is driving their perspective that's different from yours? And then you raise the playing field and you come up with a collaboration that is better than what either of you could come up with on your own because now you've incorporated so much more into the discussion. So I love the idea of collaborating and really getting clear on what your core values are around whatever it is that you're talking about, understanding your partner's perspective, their opinions, where they're coming from, their experiences around it so that you can incorporate all of that into the solution. I love that word, collaborate, much better than collaborate, <laughs> because it's just really working together to come up with something new because you're both two individuals and separate entities. But in marriage, you, you, I love the idea of being one and coming together as one, like having a unified front and, and a new idea and a new way of doing things because yeah. it can't be the same way you've done it when you were single and, and all the decisions you made that didn't affect another human or humans with your children, you know, lives. So that is such a great word to collaborate. So let me ask you this. When I think about the word compromise, it's like neither of you are really getting what you originally wanted, right? It's like nobody wins in a compromise. It's like we both gave up stuff. Yes. When you collaborate, it's like a newer, better way. You're right. Of thinking that where incorporates both of your best ideas. Yes. And I like that better too. And I've never thought of it that way. So let me, let me, let's take it one step deeper. There really has to be a lot of trust in a relationship in order to collaborate. Because if you feel like you're being manipulated into doing something else or having your mindset change and like, well, how about this way? And you're like, okay. And con- so how do you keep from constantly feeling like maybe you're giving something up or you're not quite getting your way or you know, even if you're collaborating and and you come up with a different solution, feeling like, but that still isn't what I wanted or what I needed doesn't feel right to me. Or is that part of being in a marriage is being unselfish? How do you know when when it's there's a line that you feel like I'm constantly giving something up or that's part of marriage is being unselfish and looking out for the needs of the whole instead of myself? Yeah, so good. So Uh, One way I talk about this is in terms of relationship math. So if you think about it, if you, I always talk about how you have to become a really strong individual to create a strong relationship. Like you have to, you have to develop yourself. You have to pay attention to your intuition, to your opinions. You have to understand the things that are important to you. So I never want 
somebody to go into a marriage and think, I've got to compromise. I've got to give up so much of who I am. I've got to, you know, give up on my, my dreams and my vision for the future in order to make this marriage work. Like, I hate that idea. Like, you're, that's never going to go very far. It's always going to breed resentment, whether it takes a year or, you know, a decade to figure out that you're not happy because you're not honoring yourself in the marriage, yeah. right? And so it's so important to become a really strong individual. And so I talk about this in terms of showing up. You want to show up as your best self in the marriage, which is not selfish at all. It's honoring who you are, who God created you to be, the purpose that you were sent here with, right? I do believe that we have, we all have a purpose and we all have this, this strong intuition that the Spirit guides us to who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to accomplish and all those things, right? You don't listen to it. That voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've got to honor who you are and you've got to show up as that person, even if it's imperfect, even if you get it wrong sometimes, it's okay, right? We're learning, we're growing, we're all human. But when you show up in your relationship as a strong one, you then you get... so. <laughs> Let me see if it's a podcast. Like usually I have, yes. you know, slides and I can yeah. show you. But if you're showing up halfway for whatever reason in, you know, in the discussion or in your relationship, whether that's because your health is declining or you're you're just not strong in your will about something or you're, you, you just want to sweep it under the rug, you don't want to cause a problem. If you're showing up as a half, then you've only got like a half times a whole equals a half, right? If yes. both of you are only showing up halfway for some reason, then you've only got a fourth, right? It's the law of diminishing returns. Right. But if both of you show up all the way completely with all of your opinions and all of who you are, then one times one equals one. Yeah. I love that. that is, it's true that you can't and there are times when like energy levels and stress in certain situations at home would make it so you feel like I only have this amount to give. Like a, I, I love Brene Brown was on a podcast recently and she said, as far as like, how much are you able to contribute today? And her husband will come home from work and say, I've got 30%. Like today was so draining. And she said, then I will say, I can carry the 70. I got 70. And she said, it always has to equal 100 it can't like if we're both, I got 30. And then he says, I got 30. You have to either both come up with, you know, <laughs> you, you either both have to come up with 20% more so you can both give that hundred or you have to say, then I'm going to come up with 50% more and carry you today or he will. And I thought that's an interesting way. And not as it, that was looking at it more from how much can I contribute yeah. to this? That's a little bit different concept. The, yeah. the, the one strong one and the the two strong ones that make us is more about unity. It's not yes. about effort that you're putting in. And exactly, one hundred percent is really important. Sometimes you just got to dig deep to get to that hundred percent, right? Yes. But the one is about unity, like becoming one. Like a half and a half can't become one. That's a yes. four, right? And, and expect each other to to complete. The other, yes, that's it. That's the concept. Yes, it's yes. that you complete me. You're never gonna. You're not finding your other half. You have to be the whole on your own, and you're gonna. You want to find somebody who's also whole on their own, while broken. Maybe yes. I mean, we can talk about all of that. Yes. But 
a strong, you want two strong holes, holes. to create unity because you're not going to create unity with just partial effort. I love that. And it can be two flawed holes. It, mm -hmm. You know, yes. circles can look wonky and it can be, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's okay. And, and I think that's where, I think that's where Heavenly Father comes in too, is he makes up the difference for the nicks and the cracks and the flaws and seals all of that together. And so I'd love to talk about, you said that you grew up, you told me before the podcast airs, you grew up Jewish yeah. and did not have the perspective of the sealing power, eternal covenants, eternal marriage. That was new to you. So what was it like, first of all, having your parents go through a divorce? And I know that seems so dumb. Like, tell me about your parents' divorce in 10 minutes, you know, and how that affected <laughs> you. It's not possible. But but what was that like to to witness that and watch that? What do you think now as, as uh, you know, someone that is an expert in this field, what were things that you can see now, like that was why it didn't work or this is what happened? And how have you taken that into, first of all, finding the gospel and then finding and having a healthy relationship on your own? That was a lot of questions. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of questions I don't want to go into. No, no, that that's perfect. So much, so much. So yeah, like I said, I was like this little girl who believed in in happily ever after princess fairy tales, right? Yeah. And so uh, my parents deciding that they were going to divorce shattered all of that, right? I was like, no, this isn't how this ends. But kind of as a little girl, I was like, but I'm bound and determined to figure out like what it, there has to be a recipe for happily ever after, and I'm going to find it. And so and how old were you, Monica? When well, they I was 12. Uh -huh. You were 12. Okay. Yeah, I was 12 and I had a little brother who was eight. And, really you know, looking back on it now, I don't think that, you, you know, my parents' divorce was a lot of just lack of effort. They had known oh. each other their whole lives. They just, you know, they were kind of like, eh, they stopped trying. And so that's yeah. really the platform that I stand on is marriage takes effort. You have yes. to be willing to be intentional. And so when you stop doing all of the things like date night and daily connections and making each other the most important thing, yeah. that's when you get this kind of complacency, you fall into resentment and this roommate syndrome. And, and that's what kills a marriage. I mean, that, that was my experience. That's what I saw from my parents. Yeah. Cause it's just so, stagnant. That's so true. Right. Right. You're either growing or you're dying. Right. Yeah. And you, you decide you get to choose where you put your energy and effort. And so if you claim that your marriage is really important to you, then put your energy and effort there. That's, that's what I teach my couples all the time. So, so yeah, so I grew up Jewish. They, you know, all the way back, my genealogy was super, super fun to do. It was just a lot of, you know, Jewish, Jewish blood. Right. And so I went to, when I went to high school, I met a lot of Christian. So before my parents divorced, I went to a school where a lot, there was a lot of Jewish kids. And so we all just kind of, it was just normal. But then when they divorced, I moved in with my dad and I went to a public school and there was a lot of Christians and there was young life and there was people trying to save my soul. And, it, you know, I, I grew up in Texas in the Bible Belt. And so I was kind of exposed to this idea of Jesus Christ. But, it, you know, it was it's a little different. Just I just had a lot of questions like, how come some people are saved and some people aren't? And there's just a lot of that in my high school. But I was always kind of intrigued by that. And then I went to college 
And of course, all of the questions of what's the meaning of life? Why are we here? All of those things came to the forefront as as often they do when you kind of leave home and you're on your own. And it's like, what am I working for? What's the meaning? Yeah. What, what should I be doing with myself here? Yeah. You know? And I met just a young man who was, he should have been going on a mission, but he stayed and did a year of college. And of course it was perfect. You know, Heavenly Father knows right where we're at. And my my grandpa, who I'd been really close to in high school, had passed, you know, I got the news. He passed away. I didn't get to say goodbye. It was like a really oh. emotional hard time. My freshman year of college, still trying to figure all of the things out. And this boy who we were both in medical school. We were both doing volunteering in the hospital, and we had a lot of the same classes at a humongous college, which was crazy. But he just happened to be like in my world everywhere, right? And so I had never told anyone a lot of these feelings that I was having about my grandpa and him passing away and things like that. And I kind of confided in him, and I think it triggered something, and I better share the gospel with this Jewish girl. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of how it started. And, you know, I started taking the missionary discussions, and I, 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 I was pretty much the golden contact from there. So joined the church, started doing a lot of genealogy, um, graduated from college that summer, kind of started trying to decide where I really wanted to serve a mission. And I went through the temple for myself. And the next day met the man who would be my husband. So that was, that was kind of that story. <laughs> no way. That is amazing. And how cool that that the boy that you met in college that you were technically you were, he was serving a mission for you like you were his first convert you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. that's so neat the heavenly father's like i love that idea of him placing people in our lives and and that there are no there are no coincidences that little things with all of our little life decisions that he's like i'm going to set this up in this way for both of your benefit that's Beautiful. There really were so many miracles. I mean, I will never, ever, ever question that God knows each of us individually, knows exactly where we're at, exactly what we need and who we need, exactly when we need them. What did your Jewish parents think about you joining the LDS church? Yeah, so that's a, a, a great... My mom was, you know, my mom is very open with religion. She's, you know, you know, follow your happiness. You know, she's just very, she was very embracing of it you know, from the beginning, but my dad had a lot of questions. <laughs> he I'm was sure. very skeptical, you know, yes. he started doing his research and was very worried that his little girl was all mixed up in a cult. And, um, yeah. you know, so that was, but I, I, there, there, of course, like I said, so many miracles, God knew exactly who my dad was and what he needed and sent him what, who I call as a miracle man. And I've talked about him on podcasts before, but his name was Matt and he worked out with my dad for years. They were workout buddies and you know how close you get with your workout, but yeah. everything. And my dad's so concerned about his little girl who's off at college and joining a cult and all of these things. And, you know, his workout buddy just happened to be a return missionary from the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and could answer oh. all of his questions. And, you know, just miracle after miracle like that. That's amazing. I'm sure. So I want to listen to that. That's on your podcast where you talk about that. I don't think I've actually talked about that on my podcast. I've done several and I couldn't even tell you all the names of them, but it's really cool because somebody who is really good friends with this miracle man, Matt, 
listen to the podcast and he's like, she's talking about Matt. No and, way. and so I recently got to meet them and they were like, oh my gosh, I heard you talk about Matt on a podcast and now we're all together. It was so cool. But that is so neat. And again, LTS lives, is that a, I'm, I'm pretty sure okay. that was a podcast I did. Awesome. And then there's another one. It used to be called the Cultural Hall. He might have renamed oh, it. Yeah, yep. I've I've heard of that, and I'm not sure. Yeah, if it's the same name, but yes, I know. I know which one you're talking about. How cool! And just another testament that he's in the details of our lives, and that Absolutely. he was going to help your dad, and at least just understand a little bit more about you and and your religion. So, when did you feel like when you got married? Okay because I was married in the temple and, and we were sealed together, you know, this is going to be easier. This is going to be better than my parents. Or was there any fear of, well, what if this doesn't work out too? And what if I become, what if I become divorced? Like my parents have been like, what were those thoughts and feelings before you got married? Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I really equated like we're getting married in the temple. So, you know, I'm better off. I think that I did kind of hedge all my bets as far as I made sure that the man I was marrying felt as strongly about certain things as I did. Like this is, you know, this, this marriage is what we make of it. Like, yeah, we're not guaranteed anything, but you know, we're both as invested. So yeah. I think that I ha- I I looked at it a little more analytically. Like I want to make sure that you're not just you know wanting the pretty girl or whatever. Yeah, um, that was about. So you know we had a lot of just long discussions about that. But I do remember going into my marriage kind of one foot in, one foot out. Like I I don't want to get hurt, and my biggest fear was that I was going to end up exactly like my parents and my grandparents. And so a lot of I, I would say my origin story in becoming obsessive about what makes marriage strong, lasting, and fulfilling, and happy is this idea that I, I finally realized that I was creating the story that I was living. And so by having one foot in and one foot out and you know, trying to be this perfect wife, perfect mom by everybody else's definition, yeah. that I was destroying my own marriage. I was creating the story that I was most afraid of. And so once I kind of keyed into that and was like, hmm, just because it was their story doesn't have to make it my story. Like I am the main character here, like I'm the heroine and this is not how I'm going down. Right. And so I, I realized and recognized and, and, and this is what I teach about and, and eventually I'm, I'm starting to write about now is when you start to recognize how much power you actually have over your own choices, your own life, your own story, like write the story you want to be remembered for. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit for the ability to really be able to do that. And that's so important, that thought of not anticipating something going wrong before it does. And and I love the quote, like, don't dress rehearse tragedy. Like, don't. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Isn't it so great? Like, don't like act as if, well, just in case this happens, here's what I'll do. And this, and, and there's a difference between, you know, of course being prepared and having like, you know, I, I don't know, it, just being able to, to roll with the punches and okay, whatever happens, I'll be ready and trust that heavenly father will help me, but not to anticipate things going wrong. And, 
I was walking with a friend the other day and I was so worried about all these things. And it was just a silly thing. My son was trying out for a soccer team and it was kind of the same scenario that happened the year before where they were splitting the team and the, the year before he didn't make it. And what if this happens again? And not a big deal at all. But in my mind, I'm like, that was so hard. And this is why we found this new team. And now they're doing this again. And what will that mean for my son if he goes through the same thing two years in a row? What, what will that do for his self-esteem? What will that do? And she stopped me and she's like, stop anticipating the outcome. Mm. She's like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like you're assuming this is going to be the exact same thing. And you're dress rehearsing the tragedy and you're imagining Kay's not going to make it and that's going to affect his self-esteem. Then he's not going to do soccer anymore. And then he's going to be a loner and then be homeless. And you know, <laughs> it like goes down this <laughs> like worst case scenario. And then like his whole life is going to be over because of this AAA soccer team. Of course, that's, I, and I know in my mind, I'm being irrational, but I go to worst case scenario and I dress and she's like, stop doing that and don't anticipate the outcome. And I think that's so important in marriage to like, what if my husband cheats on me? What if he gets addicted to porn? What if he gets a drug addiction? What if we do this? What if, what if, and you start thinking, well, if I kind of just live like, you know, it, this, well, he might do that. So I'm not going to fully give myself over. Then I don't have to be hurt by it. And really that hurts both people. Mm -hmm. And so how, how did you learn then to, to get back in and, and to go all in and, and give your whole oneself and not think, not hold back any of piece of your heart, knowing full well that we don't fully, we can't control our spouse and we yeah. don't fully know anything, but to just have faith and hope. How do you do that? Yeah. So that, I believe that just like matter is governed by certain laws, you know, like Sir Isaac Newton, you know, the laws of gravity, I yeah. feel like relationships are governed by the same laws. And there are relationship laws. And a lot of that has to do with one of, one of the most important laws is that we cannot control our circumstances. We can't control the outcome of the soccer decision or, you know, there, there's a lot of things that we don't have control over. Yeah. One of them, a really important one of them that we don't have control over is our spouse, their choices, the things that they will do. But what we do have 100% control over in any given circumstance, so it can be the worst challenges humanly possible, is that we always have 100% control over our experience in those circumstances. So this is, I, I teach about this. I learned it from Viktor Frankl and Logan oh, I, oh, right? He was a Holocaust survivor, like went yes. through one of the most heinous, horrible circumstances that any human could ever be exposed to, right? Yes. And he says that everything can be taken from a man, but the last of the human freedoms, and that is how basically how he will show up, right? Yeah. He will be. And so we always have control over how we choose to show up in the circumstance, no matter how horrible the challenge or the circumstance or what life gives us, we always have control over how we will perceive it and how we will show up in it. And so that is a law like that's one that's the second law of connection that I teach is we can't control our circumstances, but we are a hundred percent in control of our experience in our life. 
And that is how we write our story is when we let go of all the control that we think we have, the perceived control that we have over whether our spouse is going to cheat on us or or whatever the thing is. And we start just figuring out who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What am I going to do with this? And that gives you so much power and takes away some of that fear because if if you are living for the other person's choices, whether it's a spouse or a child, yes. whenever they make the wrong ones, it it's a complete devastation. And mm-hmm. it's like then you're you you fall apart at everything. And so it that that idea it's just really fragile. Of, yes, of being like, but I am in control of myself and in and who I am in my choices is so powerful and so freeing. And I we just read for our book club, The Choice by Dr. Edith Eva Eager. Mm-hmm. And she read Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. She read that book. She was a Holocaust survivor too and oh, was wow. going through all this trauma. And so they, someone gave her that book. She ended up writing this one. They've met and are friends. And it was his that inspired her ability to tell her story. And it's called The Choice. And it's very similar to that on my list right now. <laughs> oh, please read it and and listen to it. Listen to it on Audible because the narrator, it's she does the intro and but the narrator who does it, it just becomes her and it's listening to her accent and what she went through. But same thing. She's like, I knew that I had a choice to make and mm-hmm. and surrounded by death and the most horrific, heinous things you can even imagine. Mm-hmm. I had a choice. Who am I going to be? How am I going to be stronger because of that? And is it going to affect me the rest of my life? Or am I going to be able to be free and let myself go? And and it's I'm sure as you know, I don't know if you have any ancestors who were in the Holocaust and part of that, but as a Jewish woman, especially like you have that reservoir of strength inside of you that you're like, look at what they went through and look at where I am and look at where God has led me in. That's just so beautiful. That must just be so empowering for you, especially that has that kind of history. And as you know, I have pioneer ancestors that that were fled and, and tortured and beaten and had to leave and walk across the plains and were getting ready to go out on trek in a few weeks. And I keep thinking about them and their strength. And, and I think at times where you think this is hard and I can't do this, it's like, wait, but it's in me. And and I think just, I love your idea of relationship laws. And I think that there truly is something that is passed down emotionally and spiritually through generations that we have those reservoirs of strength within us too. That anyway, that's kind of took a tangent. Yeah. That we can yeah. dig deep and then truly make the most of our lives and don't have to be a victim in, of our circumstance, whether that's a bad marriage, the choices of a child, something that happened to us that we really can make those happily ever after moments a reality. It's true. Yes. Just remember, you are the author of your own story and make it a good one. Yes. Make it a good one. So if people are listening and they're like, okay, but how do I actually implement that? Or maybe maybe they are struggling with codependency in their marriage and they want to figure out how to break free of that and how to be a whole person or self, or they've listened to things and they're like, you know, what are those relationship laws? Where can they go to find out more about what you do and what you teach, Monica? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Yes. The easiest way to get into my world is my website is 
my own name, www.monicatanner.com. From there, you can find the podcast, Secrets of Happily Ever After. I do a YouTube channel with the same name. I'm writing a book with the same name. So I, I try in many, many ways to get these concepts out there because I think that they are so, so, so important. And, you know, I'm all about these relationship laws, these laws of connection, right? When you, you know, just like what goes up must come down. You know, when you understand the the laws that govern relationships, you you start to practice them and become them, and 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 you can you can learn the relationship skill sets that are required to live happily ever after. I truly believe that with all of my heart. So yes, thank you so much for asking. And then I do have like a really fun. It's just a membership for couples who are looking to up level and learn these skills, and it's called the Passionate Marriage Club, and it's lots of lots of fun. Oh, awesome. And they can find links to that on your website too. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Well, I, I love that. And I love that you are providing so much hope and for relationships and, and empowerment for couples. And that it's like, we can do this. It's possible. And, and, and Heavenly Father wants us to have healthy, happy marriages. And that oh, help I us truly believe it's like the best gift you can give your children. Yes. Mission to live a happily ever after, right? I mean, truly heavenly father wants us to love our lives right men are that they might have joy and marriage is not meant to be a slog it's no be so much fun yes i completely believe that and and it blesses generations too so you are doing amazing things it was so much fun talking with you today monica thank you for coming on my podcast and for all the good you are doing for our marriages thank you so much for having me Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon